This is the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Hey everyone, welcome back to season three. It's been a weird season. I was already gonna shorten this particular season because I had planned to go on a sabbatical. That's right, Uh, I've been pastoring, my wife and I have been in Delray Beach for uh, seven years, Redemption Church. We just celebrated seven years of anniversary. It was on the books, the plan for the last year and a half to go on a sabbatical this summer. We were actually planning to go to Northern Italy. Uh, We were gonna go to Northern Italy uh, over the summer and uh, just take rest and it was gonna be incredible. And then all of a sudden, coronavirus. That's right, COVID-19 hit and uh, things have changed, just like many of your plans have changed. But here's what I wanna tell you. God is still good. He's still on the throne. He knows exactly the perfect timing for our lives. And uh, you know what? I was before, um, I was actually, this whole COVID-19 season hit, I was actually gearing down. I was only checking my email twice a week I was actually going down. I just read like five books on sabbatical. I was just doing my last training to hit release ministry. And then all of a sudden the curve hit for me. Ministry just super, super heightened. Uh, I started working 12, 14, 16 hour days, uh, doing everything I can, counseling, teaching the Bible, figuring out technology. And it's just been go, go, go. But here's what I wanna tell you. You can't live on crisis mode. This is one of the important reasons why I wanted to take a sabbatical, to trust in God. Every seven years, he would let the land rest. He would have a year of jubilee, these type of things. And so I wanted to trust God and to make sure that I wasn't just doing, doing, doing. And to have faith and to take rest and trust in him that he can take care of his church. And I want to encourage you in this season. I know that some of you have been going, 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 going. Practice resting in God. Take your Sabbath. Enjoy God's grace. You are not God. He is sovereign. He is good. He is the head of his church and he can handle it. And so I feel like right now, recording on April 15th, uh, it's just after Easter. It's been a whole month of emergency management and leadership and pain and processing and, uh, you know, disappointment and expectations. Uh, We're getting into the groove, at least my family, of just what is the new normal? What does that look like? But you know what? I'm still, even through the crisis, been taking my Sabbath and uh, I've been having to say no to a lot of stuff. There's a lot of opportunity, a lot of stuff going on, but I've said no to what's good so I can say yes to what is great, the things I think God's called me to do. And one of the things that we need to understand in this crisis season is we need to rest. We need to take a break. It seems like impossible. Listen, I understand. I, I literally, I literally canceled my trip just a few weeks ago, I was going to trust God with a whole church, leaving it for the entire summer. And I thought, how can a church our small do this? What would it look like? Listen, the Lord made a way. And I know his timing is different and it's gonna be delayed and we'll get through this and then afterwards we'll take our sabbatical. But I wanna make sure that you know, listen, it's scary to take rest as a leader, but you have to have some self-care. And I think sometimes we forget about this. What first ends up, what first uh, 
the, there's three things that we need to sort of pay attention to in crisis management. I've been reading a lot is, is we need to continue to sleep. Okay. We need to make sure that we're getting good rest because if we're not getting rest or we don't have clarity and thought and making decisions, uh, we need to be still be eating well. I know a lot of people are binging and making, uh, gaining a lot of weight because they're just sitting there and stagnant at their homes. Uh, it's just, it's just available, but we also need to be exercising. This may totally seem way, way, way super simple and practical, but listen, you're a spiritual being and you're also a physical being. And so you need to make sure that you're sleeping, you're exercising, you're eating well, uh, and taking care of your body so that way you can lead well. Not only physically discipline profits some, but spiritual discipline, the Bible says, profits even more. And so 1 Timothy 4, 7, I believe, it says that we should exercise and discipline ourselves spiritually. And in this season of COVID-19, pastor, leader, friend, and Christian, please seek Jesus. Ministry needs to be an overflow from your heart. We need to rest and the big things like a sabbatical or even just taking a Sabbath, a day off, but a daily rest in Jesus, our true Sabbath, going to scripture, reading the Bible just for ourselves. You know, I've been reading through the book of Jeremiah and it has nothing to do right now with when I'm studying at church or when I'm leading at the, this podcast or anything. It's just for my own soul. I just want to hear from God. I've been taking extra time praying and worshiping in this season. We need to seek Jesus. So ministry is an overflow of our heart. And so to, today I had a lesson that I did uh, in the beginning of this school year to uh, the Lake Worth Christian School, uh, it was a message called Don't Miss Out. And I was just encouraging them as their teachers, as their leaders, the first thing that slips away is our own relationship with God. And I do not want that to happen to me. I do not want that to happen to you. We need to seek God in this time. And so here is my lesson on not missing out. And my prayer for you is, listen, it may be a little hard to trust God in this season, but you would grow in this season, that you would rest, that you would find a new rhythm of dependence on the Holy Spirit and what He has for you. I know that we're all going through suffering, we're all going through pain and expectations, and obviously we want to get back together with the body of Christ uh, to gather in meetings and those type of things. But listen, maybe this is a gift from God. Maybe it's a gift to you that you would rest, that in this season you would grow closer with your family, uh, that you would call and reach out with friends, that you would be a better father or mother, husband or wife. Uh, let's not miss out on the things that God has called us to. And you know what, God, this did not surprise him that COVID-19 was coming. I know it surprised most of us. If I would have known, I wouldn't have bought that plane ticket and I have to worry about, am I gonna get the money back and this and that? No, 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 no. God is not like man that he should lie. He declares the end from the beginning and what he says goes. And he knew this was coming and he could turn this evil into good. And so we want to trust in him and look to him in this season because he, he knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly the burdens, the pain, everything about you and loves you and cares for you and wants to meet you in the season. And he has appointed you, you, to be alive right now, to be serving Him, to be His hands and His feet. This is not a great big interruption for Him. We can have faith in our interruptions because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we can worship Him. And so I want to encourage you, man, don't miss out. Keep pursuing Him, keep loving Him, keep going after God, and let ministry be an overflow 
of your life. Listen, I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm, I hope that this is well. And we're going to have a, uh, I'm going to do this lesson that I shared. It's a little old, a few months old, but I think it applies to us today because in ministry, we have a tendency to get our identity on what we do. And God's just saying, no, he loves us for what we are. And right now, many of us aren't able to do very much. We've gotten out of our rhythm. We, we've lost our identity. We don't know what's going on, but we don't have to miss out in this season. We can seek God. And so I'll do my lesson, then I'll have my dad continue our three-minute messages and the importance of listening right now. We need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. We need to be listening to other people and empathize, empathizing with them and caring for them and, and, and just being able to uh, learn from them. And so, man, I love you. I'm praying for you. Uh, after my dad's interview, I want to share one more thing with you, and then we'll get um, going into my lesson right now. Well, hey, everyone. I'm excited to do a lesson, a leadership lesson with you that I recently just shared at a Christian school where my kids go to school at. They're starting the school year, and uh, one of the amazing things that I have opportunity to do is be able to share God's Word with multiple types of people. Uh, and I love this podcast because I'm able to share these Bible studies and these leadership principles and things from God's Word, not only um, once uh, with the whole staff at a Christian school, but also to archive it, to uh, pour into you uh, as a church leader, to pour into uh, the church leaders at my church, and just to be able to repeat the things that God has been pouring into my life. And today I want to talk to you about not missing out. Don't miss out. It was a prophetic word that I had for this school and the staff, but I think it also applies to us as church leaders. As we serve the Lord, God doesn't want us to miss out on His goodness, on His grace, on who He is. And um, the text that in the Bible study I want to sort of give to you is from 1 Samuel chapter 1 through 4. Four, uh, the first four chapters of First Samuel. Now, obviously, many of you probably know this story, but let me give you a little brief recap of what the story is about. It's the call of Samuel. Uh, Hannah, his mom, was barren. She wasn't able to do uh, to have children, and so she went to the temple uh, and was crying and pouring out her heart for the Lord and asking God to to answer her prayer to give her something she desired. And it was a good desire to be a mother, to raise uh, a godly um, children, a godly son, Samuel. And so the Lord answered her prayer, and she she was so thankful. And Samuel too, she does a song, and she says, "You know what, God, you you've blessed me with this. I'm going to." Um, give my son over to do the work. And Samuel chapter 3, we see God specifically calls Samuel and calls him by name. And, and really, for Samuel, he walked with God. He did great things. And it was an amazing uh, story. And um, although that's sort of the context where we find chapters 1 through 4, the character that I want to highlight today for us as church leaders is Eli. Eli. Because I believe in, in Samuel's calling in his story, in this miracle and work of God, Eli was one that actually missed out. Now, Eli came to my mind when I thought about this subject because I think in ministry we often miss out. God is moving, God is working, but we're so caught up, we're so busy, we're, we're close to the things of God, but yet we're not looking to God. And, and I think that we can learn from Eli's mistakes uh, in an encouraging way. Romans 15.4 says, These things are written for our encouragement that we may have hope uh, and encouragement. And so I don't want to share this Eli story with a condemning thing, saying you are doing this, that you are missing out on the work of God. But I think that there's a tendency that we need to be reminded by people to um, 
to just walk in God's ways and not to miss out on what God is doing and how he's doing. And oftentimes we don't want to look at someone like an Eli in this story because he did miss out. He is a negative example. But we need to learn. We need to learn from our mistakes. We need to have humility, not only from other mistakes, but in ministry, we're going to do a lot of mistakes. We are going to fall flat on our face. And like John Maxwell always said, we need to fall forward, walking in humility because God pours out his grace on those that are humble. And so if we don't want to miss out in ministry as we're serving the Lord in whatever context, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, maybe you're a director of children's ministry, a senior pastor, a church planner, um, the first thing I want you to understand is don't miss out on the grace of God. Don't miss out on the grace of God. I want you to understand serving the Lord is so special. And oftentimes, because our culture, just what we're doing, whether we're um, running multiple services or worship leading or whatever gifts God's given us, sometimes it feels natural. But realize God has given us special callings and gifts by His grace. He ascended and gave gifts to men, and He's given you a specific gift, a specific calling. And this is the grace of God, and I think we can miss out when we don't understand that what we're doing is by the grace of God. We are who we are by the grace of God. Uh, Think about it. If you're a church leader, your mission is to fulfill the Great Commission, to uh, make disciples. What a joy that even is. What a privilege that is, that we were slaves of darkness, slaves of sin, but now we're slaves of righteousness, slaves of God. And He's given us a great calling on our life. Listen, some of us actually get paid Okay, It's our vocation to be in ministry full time. This is the grace of God. This is absolutely the grace of God. It's not because we're so gifted and talented. God has actually placed us. You may have been hired by a senior pastor or by a church, but God actually placed you in that body to serve Him. And this is by the grace of God. When we come together and lead His church, when two or more gather, Jesus said, I am in your midst. This is the grace of God. And it is a special grace to be a church leader, to lead the body of Christ. And we need to recognize that. We need to honor that. We need to acknowledge that uh, in our lives, that we're going to miss out if we don't acknowledge the grace of God. This is why the Bible exhorts God people, Jesus people, to be a people of thanks, to understand that we are who we are by the grace of God. And we need people that are godly to remind us of that. I know I do in my life, just to to accept God's grace and the joy and to be a person of thanks. Because the reality is, um, I don't deserve to be a church leader. Uh, I was dead in my sin. And the good news of the gospel, Jesus snatched me from darkness into his kingdom. And so it's an honor and a privilege, like Paul would say, to be a bondservant of Christ. Uh, We need mercy, and it's not normal to be spiritually alive. Our normal is to be in spiritual darkness, to have our eyes blind. And God did a miraculous work in our lives. If you're saved, it's by His grace. And so we're to just be thankful for this, because oftentimes, especially those that have been in ministry for a long time, the holy things become mundane things. Uh, I've been so blessed to be able to teach the Bible now for almost 20 years. Um, And honestly... I'm still blown away by it. It was a supernatural gift that God gave me to be able to explain God's word to his people and and to just share the good news of Jesus to others. And um, I don't ever want to lose my awe and wonder thinking that I'm so great, I'm so special. It was by God's grace that he gave me this opportunity. And uh, even though I've been doing it for 20 years, I still need his grace. I don't want these holy things to think uh, that, that they're just mundane, that they're normal. And... Why do I bring this up? Because I want to talk about the subject of not missing out. 
When we don't focus on God's grace, we miss out. And this is what exactly happened to Eli in this story in 1 Samuel chapters 1 through 4. You see, Eli, he had a clear calling. He, he was a priest in, in Israel in the temple. And Hannah would go to this uh, temple and worship God. And Eli was there. He had a clear calling and it was a calling by God. It really was. He was a, from the tribe of Levites. He was around holy things. But Eli was treating this as a normal thing. He wasn't a person of thanks. And it actually says that he was around the things of God, but he wasn't worshiping God in doing these things. Uh, and we need to be careful of this. The first time we see Eli in this story, he did not recognize God's working and he missed out on it because he wasn't relying on God's grace. Uh, in chapter 1 of Eli, verses 12 through 15, it says this, As she continued praying, speaking of Hannah, before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. And so Eli was actually in the temple doing the work of God as, as he was supposed to do. And, and Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved and her voice not heard. Therefore, because of this, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah said, No, Lord. <laughs> My Lord, I am not a woman troubled in spirit. I have not drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul to the Lord. Now, he should have known better. That's his bad. Think about it. He's the priest. There are people coming, making alms, making prayers. He's seeing this woman and he thinks, oh, this woman is just, she's just drunk. She's, he's totally missing out because it was normal to him. In fact, in verse 9 of this chapter, it says that he was beside the doorpost of the temple. It was so normal for him to be around holy things, but not recognize and realize God was doing a miraculous work. You realize that God wanted was hearing Hannah's prayer, that he would answer Hannah's prayer with a child, Samuel. But Eli missed out on the fellowship with God and not recognizing he the work of God because he was not relying on God's grace. He thought this was normal, another day, and he wasn't abiding in God and in Christ for who, what was happening, what was taking place. Listen, God is always working, but we have to be looking, especially as church leaders, for it. It's not normal uh, for us to go from Bible study to Bible study to Bible study, not acknowledging the presence of God. Great theologian Jonathan Edwards said this, The task of every generation is to discover in which direction the sovereign Redeemer is moving and then move in that direction. And oftentimes what ends up happening when we start doing ministry year after year, after year after year we start relying on our flesh we start relying on just what we've done in the past rather than what God was going to do today a fresh work of his spirit and we need to make sure that we go to God in prayer and ask God to speak to us to acknowledge it that even though we're around holy things that we would see him work and and be sensitive to his spirit and how he is working and because Sam Eli didn't acknowledge this grace in his life, this opportunity, this calling was from him relying on God. He missed out on seeing God work. He, he missed the mark. He thought she was drunk. We need to be reminded this is special of what God is doing in people's lives. If we're a church leader, God is at work and he is moving. We need to listen to him, stay close to him, not miss out on seeing God move and continually checking base with our master. He's our master. We're his servant praying, God, what are you doing? How are you doing? And abiding in him. And so we'll miss out if we don't focus on the grace of God. If we just rely on our own strength and ministry just becomes mundane. It's a wholly special thing. The second thing I want you to notice from Eli's life in this story is 
God wants us to focus on the gifts, or focus on the grace of God, but He wants us to focus on Him. It's okay to acknowledge the gifts, but God wants us to focus on Him. And we'll actually miss out when we focus on gifts over the giver. When we focus on the calling, on what we do, and all the stuff that needs to take place, rather than who we're doing it for. Now, we can go to the pendulum and scream. We can well, sometimes not recognize the grace of God, but then we can also go to the other side and say, it's all about the grace of God. There's this great responsibility. Many times when we're new uh, in ministry, we recognize, man, God is moving. It is amazing to teach the Bible, to lead worship and to do this. And we take all this weight on our shoulders and we work as hard as possible to serve God, which is a good thing, but it can't be a God thing. We can't get these things confused. We can't make ministry an idol, getting so caught up in ministry that we actually forget Jesus and Him doing the work for us, us resting on His Spirit to do the heavy lifting. Uh, an example of this in the New Testament would be like Luke chapter 10 with Mary and Martha, where Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, just worshiping Him, enjoying Jesus. But Martha was so busy, caught up in ministry that she forgot Oh yeah, Jesus was there. I should spend time with him. Oftentimes, ministry leaders, church leaders have such a hard time spending time with Jesus because we understand this is the grace of God and the weight and the responsibility. But Jesus said this to Mary, you've done the best part. No one could take that away. I want to remind you, ministry could be taken away from you. It's a, the grace of God. Sometimes we're going to be a senior pastor. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're going to be in a position to lead uh, hundreds and dozens and other times we're not but no one could take our salvation no one could take away the joy that we have in Christ to just simply worship him and when we focus on ministry and the gifts and what God is doing all the time we actually need to be careful not to to take our eyes off of Christ it sounds weird we can be distant from God doing the work of God uh, this is our culture, focusing on the, the gifts, the doing, the stuff. But this is not the gospel. The gospel is being with God. It's good news that He just loves us regardless of what we do. Let me give you an example. Oftentimes, especially uh, right now when I'm recording this, it's getting back to school and people are getting back in the routine. It's all crazy. And, and in ministry in general, you ask people, Hey, how are you doing? And their number one response is, I'm busy. I'm so busy. I'm busy. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. And oftentimes we forget about just being, just being. Listen, busyness does not equal effectiveness. Busyness does not equal effectiveness. And we see this in the life of Samuel. Because in Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, uh, we read this. The boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord. Okay, God did that work. In Hannah gave her a child. She dedicated Samuel to the Lord. He was in the temple and the boy was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. Eli was around this. He was in the house. But it says in verse 1, the word of the Lord was rare in those days and there was no frequent vision. It wasn't very effective. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place and the lamp of God was not had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. They were both in the presence of God in the ark of God. And I want you to notice something. The lamp had not gone out, but the word of the Lord was rare. 
See, you can be super busy. The, the, the lamp had not gone out. Eli was responsible to put the oil in the lamp so the flame would burn. And, and so that way that the God's presence would be there and it would be a signifying to the people and ministry and people were being blessed by that and people were coming every year to the temple. And Eli had this responsibility to make sure the lamp of God did not go out. But it wasn't that effective. See, just because you're doing good things doesn't mean you're doing God things. doesn't mean you're actually worshiping God and you're being effective. This is why God wants us to focus on Him over the responsibility He gives us by grace. Now listen, gifts, responsibility, these are good things and we're not to neglect them. Our faith will have works, but we need to have faith first. We need to trust in Jesus and not in our own efforts. And stuff can actually get in the way in ministry. And it happens over and over and over. It's a repeated pattern in my life and in your life. And I think this is why Jesus warned us as church leaders and as Christians to abide in Him, to rest in His grace, to enjoy Him that can't be taken away, to enjoy our salvation. John 15, 4 says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. See, we have this great commission of making disciples, but if we want to be effective and fruitful in this ministry, we need to saturate ourselves and be around Christ. We need to enjoy Him. We need to understand that we get our orders from Him and we don't rely on our own efforts. We don't rely on our value of doing stuff, but who we are as children of God. Proverbs 13, 20, I was a youth pastor for seven years, and this was one that I just memorized. If you uh, hang with a fool, you're going to become like a fool, but if you uh, hang with the, those that are wise, you're going to be, uh, become wise. This is a simple, important proverb for us as church leaders. If we're around Jesus, we're going to be like Jesus. And so to be effective like Jesus, we need to be abiding in Jesus. The most effective way to make Christian leaders is to be one ourselves. Listen, we can teach what we know, but we, we can only impart who we are. We can teach the right doctrine, do the right stuff, but we will make disciples of who we are. And the way that we are most effective in ministry is really have a thriving relationship with Jesus and letting ministry be an overflow from who we are so we can walk in integrity. And so our focus can't just be on the ministry side of things. It has to be on the God side of things because God is, is bigger than ministry. He, he gives us things and purpose to expand his kingdom, but not because he has to, he wants to. He wants to show us his character. Oftentimes I say this, God has placed me to teach the Bible so that way uh, and lead Redemption Church so that way uh, that would be his vehicle to minister to me, that I would study God's word more, that, that I would learn who he is. Some of us wouldn't even be in the position we aren't unless God wanted us there. And so God put us in certain roles and responsibilities in this certain seasons of life for a reason, for our good, so that we would be conformed to the image of Christ. And so we need to look to Christ to have Him permeate our lives and to become more like Him. We need to rest in God's grace and enjoy His presence as we serve Him. And oftentimes the enemy can never steal away our salvation, but he will steal away our joy. You see, we... Forget the grace of God. We can be on that pendulum. But the other side is we can totally rest on our own efforts and not the grace of God. We can totally focus on the gifts and be super excited about the grace, but not but forget about the giver. 
And so don't miss out when you serve God. Eli missed out here. He was doing the work of God, but yet the vision was rare. The word of God was rare because he wasn't worshiping God. It just became a mundane thing to him, and he was just doing his thing. Well, the last thing I want you to understand is don't miss out by comparing uh, by compromising your character. Don't miss out by compromising your character. This this happened to Eli as well. And it's sad because in chapter 4, you actually see his sons and him die all the same day. It's just over. It's done. But this wasn't a quick thing that happened. It actually took time. In chapter 2, we see uh, that Eli didn't rebuke his sons because they were doing wrong. And he actually honored man over God and he sinned. He sinned. Uh, let me read this to you. 2 Samuel 2, 27 through 30. It says this. And there came a man of God to Eli. God sent a man of, uh, after his own heart, a prophet, another man of God, to speak to Eli. And the, this guy uh, said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I indeed reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt subject to the house of Pharaoh's? Did I choose him out of all of the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up in my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? I gave to the house of your father my offerings by uh, fire from the people of Israel. Now, what's, what basically he's saying is, listen, didn't I choose Egypt? Didn't I pour out my grace? And didn't I pour out my grace upon you specifically to, to be a priest, to have these responsibilities, to do all these different great, mighty, amazing things? This is all by grace. But then he rebukes me, says in verse 29, Why then did you scorn my sacrifices? Why did you take advantage of the grace of God that was given to you by compromising what was holy, what was good, what was right, what I told you to do? He actually says, You, you scorned my sacrifices and my offerings that I commanded for my dwelling, and you honored your sons above me by fattening yourselves on the choice, choicest parts of every offering of my people in Israel. Listen, God takes sin seriously. And He's given us grace, responsibility, gifts to serve Him. To not focus on the gifts and make it all about our lives, but to, to focus on Him and submit to His will and to be used by Him to bring Him glory. And when we sin, when we compromise our integrity and character, man, it reaps death. New Testament puts it like this, Galatians 6, 8. For the one who sows to his flesh will from his flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Eli compromised doing the right thing. And oftentimes as church leaders, you know how we compromise? It's not necessarily in a, a blatant sin, an affair, these type of things. It, it's knowing what's right and not doing it. James says that's a sin. Knowing you should be abiding in Christ or knowing you should be relying on the Spirit but not really seeking God in prayer. Or knowing you should, you have a prophetic word for someone or rebuke to someone, but then just sort of brushing it under the rug. God has placed us to be examples that we would follow Christ and say, follow me as I follow Christ. And so we are actually going to impart this to other people. So he takes the sin, he takes our character, and he takes sin serious in our lives as church leaders. And we need to understand this because when we go into sin and not obey Christ, we're actually going to miss out on the work of God that He wants to do in and through us. Eli compromised doing the right thing. And, and listen, here's the sad part. People knew that Eli's sons were doing wrong. People saw 
that Eli was compromising. You may think that you can hide things from the people that you're leading, but the reality is it's going to come to light. Like Luke 8.17 says, what's done in secret will be openly rewarded. And because Eli compromised, he missed out and he was taken out by God. When we're living a life for Jesus and worshiping him, we will reap great benefits. This is why Jesus said in John 14.21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he is it who loves me. And who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. See, here's the crazy thing. God gives us these warnings because he doesn't want us to miss out. Jesus said, when you do obey me, when you do acknowledge the grace of God, and you're focusing on God and, and, and pleasing him and worshiping him out of surrender and obedience, Jesus said himself, I will manifest myself to you. See, we don't miss out serving God, being a church leader, because we can focus our lives on Jesus. That's the main thing. Jesus wants to reveal himself to us as we follow him. And as church leaders, we need to understand our calling is not just to do stuff, but it's to be with Jesus, to enjoy him. And so I just wanted to give you that encouragement, something I'm learning, something I'm teaching. I'm growing in this. I think we all struggle with this getting so caught up in ministry, uh, taking for granted the holy things of God, acting as they're mundane, and even compromising our character. But we have to understand, man, we will not miss out if we're able to abide in Jesus, to receive God's grace and enjoy the opportunity to serve Him. And so know that I'm praying for you. I want to be like that older brother just to sit down with you and to remind you God is good. He's worth serving. Don't miss out on the joy and the fellowship that we get to have serving Him. Maybe even right now you want to just pray and spend time just asking God that you would recognize His grace, that you would thank Him. Because God, here's the cool thing, God is going to work. Whether you like it or not, His will, His purpose will prevail. Hannah prayed, God heard her answer, and Samuel was born. God did an amazing work in Israel at that time. And God placed Eli for the opportunity but he had to look to God. He had to walk in grace. He had to see it as an opportunity. Listen, God, I believe, is going to work in your midst. When two or more gathered and when you're a church leader with his body, he is there. Don't miss out. I know the program needs to take place. I I know the message needs to get done. All these different things, but make sure he is the focus. Don't compromise your character. Do things until worship to him and he will fill your heart with joy and with wonder and with awe. And so may you continue to worship him. May you be blessed and may you enjoy his presence as you serve him. I hope this was helpful to you. God bless you. I'm praying for you. This is a three-minute message brought to you by Redemption Church, Delray Beach. Hi, my name is Pastor Joe Williams. I'm from Calvary Chapel, Tacoma. I'm Daniel's dad. And today I would like to talk to you guys about listening. You don't have many listeners today. You have a lot of talkers, but not many listeners. I want to share with you guys a couple of Proverbs. The first one is Proverbs 19, verse 20. Listen to the counsel and receive instruction, that you may be wise in your latter days. It says, listen to counsel. Do you listen to good counsel? There are people out there that will give you good counsel if you're willing to listen to it. There are people that have learned things that the Holy Spirit have taught them that they can impart to you if you will listen and be open. 
and can help you in your ministry. It says that you may be wise in your latter days. As we grow in Christ, as we get older, we should become wiser and wiser in, in God's word and in wisdom. And the next one I want to share is Proverbs 9, verse 9. It says, give instructions to a wise man and he will be wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. Give instructions to a wise man. And he will become wiser. Why? Because he's a good listener. You want to find yourself a good mentor, a good person that you respect, a mature believer that you respect, that can part, that can impart wisdom to you. And you also want to be a good listener with a teachable spirit. You want to be teachable. None of us have arrived, and God is able to use other people to help guide us and give us good counsel. You never stop learning no matter how long you've been walking with Christ. You never stop learning. Be open to good wisdom. A wise person is not self-reliant. He's always looking to get better and to grow more in the wisdom and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So keep at it. Keep listening and find you someone that you can really pour out your heart to whether it's your pastor or a close friend or someone that you really trust that can help you and encourage you. So God bless you and thank you for listening. Well, hey, as we close out this episode, I just want to pray for you. I believe that you are watching this for a reason, that there is a plan and a purpose for your life. And I just want to pray the Holy Spirit would encourage you and would strengthen you in this time. And so, Lord Jesus, I just pray for those that are listening right now and watching this, God. I pray that you would just physically touch their lives, Lord. Would you put your hand upon their life? Would you pour out your blessing and favor to them? Would you encourage them, God? Meet them in real ways. Holy Spirit, speak as only you can speak. God, give us a desire for your word in this season, to seek you, to read scripture, to seek your name, to call out to you, Lord. I pray there would be spiritual growth in all the leaders that are listening to this, that are growing in this season, God. I thank you so much that we don't have to don't have to miss out, that we can listen, Lord, not only to others, but to you for your wisdom. And God, your word tells us in James 1.5 that if we uh, need wisdom, we can ask for wisdom. So I pray, Lord, that you would give wisdom and discernment and just pour out your spirit of self control, uh, the fruit of self-control and of love and of peace and joy and patience and kindness into your into your church right now, into those that are listening right now. God, I pray for marriages to be strengthened, for mothers and fathers to be strengthened in their parenting, God. God, would you give grace to their homes? Would you protect them? I pray for provision for them, Lord. God, I pray that you would provide um, just finances for the ministries that are that are struggling right now, God, or homes that are struggling right now. I pray that you would give peace to those that are dealing with anxiety and burdens that they cannot bear, Lord. I pray for protection from this virus for your people, Lord. And we just claim Psalm 91 over people that though a thousand may fall among us, God, that you are with us and you have numbered the days of our lives and so we are invincible in your hand, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you would continue to minister as only you can 
can in and through us. And so, Lord, I praise your name in this moment for these people that are watching. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them, that you would continue to equip them by the power of your Holy Spirit to do the things you predestined them to do. It is such a time as this that they are alive, and we thank you so much for this opportunity once again to praise your name. It is in your powerful name we pray, Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. We're praying for you. We love you. And uh, next week we'll have another new episode for you. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it will encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.